Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. So many times I hear from family members, friends, clients, strangers, or really anybody that catches wind uh, that I work in the adoption field. They seem to be really curious as to what it's really like to work in the adoption world. And my favorite go-to answer is, it's the best and worst job you'll ever have, which pretty much sums it up. There's a lot of highs and a lot of does. Yeah, again, we're talking about that roller coaster, and you're riding it on a daily basis for years now. Correct. 15, actually, 15, over 15. With working in the adoption world, you really do bond with your clients. Mm -hmm. You are with your clients at the pinnacle of emotional times. I mean, you know, putting a baby in an adoptive family's arms for the first time. Wow. There's no words. Uh, when you are holding a birth mother's hand as she's delivering her child and you know that this is going to be really difficult for her, you're there for her. It's one of those moments that you'll never forget. The way that she looks at you and that trust that develops between the two of you. I think that a lot of times the women, the birth mothers, when they come to us and they they look at caseworkers initially you hear the term caseworker and a lot of them relate that to either a parole officer or a child protective service officer right and they don't definitely an authority figure anyway right not somebody you're going to get to know on a personal basis correct and so once they they open up a little bit and they see that we're really there just to support them and help them with their adoption plan Uh they relax a little bit and we start to learn about each other. And again, in order for a woman to feel comfortable placing a baby in an agency, she's got to really trust the people that she's working with, not just the adoptive family. When you're building a relationship on both sides, there is attachment. That's what relationship is. You start to attach to the other person. And, you know, I have seen cases where a birth mother has a harder time saying goodbye to the caseworker or the adoptive mom, even than the baby. And vice versa. Because they've actually gotten to know them in a weird way. The baby is somebody they're just meeting. Right. Okay. Sure. Even though they've carried the baby, you know, the whole time right. they have prepared themselves mentally, physically, emotionally, that this child is going to go to this family mm-hmm. where they're not thinking, okay, so once the baby is placed with the adoptive family, 
this caseworker, she's not going to be in my life on a regular basis, which is why we brought in the aftercare program so that they don't have to go and get pregnant again just to come back and mm-hmm. have that support system. Sometimes you're all they've got. That's a lot of responsibility on a caseworker because you don't want to let somebody down. But at the same time, you can only be, you know, a caseworker to so many people. Right. So that there's an art of transition that we'll we'll talk about in the future in a different podcast. But this job for a birth mother case manager, you know, is the best when you watch a birth mother supported by a birth father. To me, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Because then you can see that she's got, somebody's got her back and she's not alone in this world going through an adoption plan. You want every client to have a support structure. That's usually the first question I ask is who's your support person? Who, who's got you? When I see a birth father, again, I love that because that means together they're making this beautiful choice for their child. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you watch an adoptive mother be handed the baby by the birth mother. That's another one of my favorite things. Hmm. I love to watch their face because the majority of the time, I would say that's probably their proudest moment. It's And it should be. It should be, yeah. absolutely. Uh, when you watch a birth mother find her wings after the adoption and discontinue the negative life cycle that she may have been living in, you watch her get her GED or get a job and get her own apartment. And we have pictures of women holding up their keys and smiling as they're moving in. Those memories will be forever etched in my brain. Now, as far as, you know, being the director of this agency, and I'm sure you see that, what's the ratio of, say, women who get out of that negative cycle as opposed to those who continue that? It's not as high as I would like. Oh, of course not. I would imagine it's probably twenty percent. Yeah, okay. uh, we're hoping that that. I'm surprised up. it's that high, and, and I don't even know that it's that high because a lot of them we lose some touch with because some right. of them just disappear. <laughs> I would say the ones that enter into the program would be twenty percent, but not all of them enter into the program. They choose not to at that time. Okay. So the ones that enter into the program and work the program. I mean, I've seen girls get long-term housing. I've seen them uh, enroll in beauty college. I've, we've had a couple that have gone to beauty college. Mm-hmm. I've seen them go up north and get jobs at some of the resorts over by the Grand Canyon. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. And so I've seen those success stories. Right. Those What's are your what favorite? we strive for. Ooh, my favorite. My favorite would be one that was incarcerated. She had the baby, then she went in and did her time, and she came out, and she got her life together. She stayed clean. She got her peer support specialist um, certification and she got a job and housing and chose a relationship that wasn't uh, negative. Abusive or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has since had another child and is parenting that child and is maintaining the lifestyle that we would wish for her. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite. Is there a biggest heartbreak story? There's too many. Yeah. I would say some of the hardest would be probably those that wind up making a bad choice and incarcerated Mm -hmm. afterwards, or when birth mothers make uh, poor choices and don't survive those choices. And those are really hard. Those are hard on us as a staff completely. Yeah. 
the other thing is you don't, as a caseworker, ever want to see anybody struggle. It's really hard to watch somebody struggle. And when a birth mother is placing a baby for adoption and she's really, really struggling, Mm -hmm. it's not that as an agency we want her to place the baby, but we want her to be good with her decision. And when you watch her and she's just really having a hard time, it's heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. When a mom changes her mind and we have to go and tell the adoptive family, that's really tough because it's like watching their whole world collapse. And that's not something that you'd wish for anybody. You know, as an adoption worker, when, uh, when you develop a relationship or so you believe with a client and she's been lying to you and scams you, mm. that's hard because you do put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into your work. And to know that it's all for nothing, yeah. that hurts. That hurts. Some of the hard stuff is why sometimes social workers will realize that this isn't the field for them because with that, with the high highs come the low lows Mm -hmm. and those can be hard. I can also say that, uh, in working in adoptions, you are working all through the night. Sometimes babies are born 24, seven, 365 days a year. I learned that, uh, when my wife and I were dating, we couldn't go on a date and not have her not receive phone calls throughout and have to deal with tragedies and emergencies. and oh, It's true. Yeah. I've never, uh, in the last 15 and a half years, I've never made it through a movie once. I Without will a always, phone call coming in. Right. I will always have to sit near the edge. I will never sit in the middle of a row because I don't want to be disruptive to everybody else. Right. And so I will jump And down. you can't turn the phone off. No. Not as an adoption no. agency, right? Mm-mm. No, because there's people going to labor and there's crises and yeah. everything else. Yeah. You know, so when you're working with birth parents, it's it's really neat to watch them succeed. It's really important when you see a birth mother and a birth father and they're not on the same page about the adoption plan. It's really important to make sure that you help the birth mother find a support structure, whether that's in the form of a counselor or a family member, somebody that can help her through. That will be on the same page. That will be on the same page mm-hmm. with her. You know, in working with adoptive parents, it's a whole different ballgame. But again, you're going to have very high highs and very low lows. Mm -hmm. It's a huge compliment to the caseworker and to the agency when an adoptive family chooses the agency for a second adoption. That's a huge compliment. Right. Also, when they recommend another family to you, again, even when the adoptive family recognizes how much you've invested blood, sweat, and tears into their adoption to make sure it's as protected and safeguarded and successful as it can be. And they just say, hey, thank you. Like, you really have gone that extra mile. Right. To be appreciated for what you yes. do and, and the heart you're putting into it. And, and that's, that. that just goes so far. I think we all love that. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. When an adoptive family defers to you and trusts your judgment. That's a really big thing to me because it says, like, hey... I get it. I'm going to trust you. And I recognize that you've done this before. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. When the adoptive parents don't take your advice and jeopardize your adoption, that's the worst. And I've seen that. I had a situation one time where we had a birth mother and she, I may have told this story before, she was 100% on the adoption train Mm -hmm. and the birth mother, I mean, the adoptive mother was so anxious and paranoid that she wasn't going to place that she started harassing her. 
She found out where she lived, which that's not supposed to happen, right. and was knocking on her door and going to the laundry room and questioning her. And the birth mother cut ties with her right. and chose another family and placed. And that was really sad because we couldn't work with the adoptive family again. Because if they wouldn't listen to us, I can't have them harassing somebody. Right. When you watch an adoptive family's world collapse, when an adoption doesn't go through, it's heartbreaking. When the adoptive family blames you for something out of your control, that's really hard too. Right. Like what? Well, let's say a mom changes her mind and mm-hmm. doesn't place for adoption and her mother has stepped in. And the adoptive family will come back maybe and say, well, her mom, like, didn't you find out about her mom? And it's not that we didn't find out about her mom. She may have told us her mom and her don't speak. Or she may have told us her mom had CPS remove all of her children. So, you know what I mean? There's reasons behind. uh, Yeah, it's not that you're not doing your due diligence. Right. But when it's questioning us, that's hurtful because we, we do go so far above and beyond to safeguard everybody's adoption. You know, we do everything we can to make sure everything is bulletproof. When somebody starts questioning you on that, it's like questioning your integrity. And that hurts because we do work so hard to preserve everything. When an adoptive family feels a sense of entitlement, that's hard for me because I look at these women as if I would look at my own birth mother. They need to be treated with respect and they need to be given that glory that they're they're due for what they're doing. You know, these are real women pregnant with real babies and making an incredibly difficult decision. Sometimes women don't know how they're going to feel when the baby's born. We want to believe that they're going to want to continue with their adoption plan, but that's not always the case. Right. I mean, when you're dealing with something Humans and as, human emotions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. These relationships are very intense. When an adoptive family is not emotionally ready to do an adoption, they may have had failed infertility. They may have had um, a really bad experience trying to get pregnant on their own. And they look at adoption as a default option. Mm-hmm. They come in and they're bitter and they're jaded. They're, they're in, not in the right place yet. They're not in the right place yet. And mm-hmm. even if they've been approved by you know another state's entity to be home study certified, mm-hmm. they are coming into the program and having to let them know, hey, it doesn't seem like you're ready. Like maybe you should go get some counseling and then come back and we'll see because it's, it's not fair. You're going to rob yourself and you're going to rob the birth mother of this beautiful relationship that the two of you are going to have during her pregnancy. And you're going to miss out on being a part of your adoption journey if you're bitter and jaded and distancing yourself from it. Right. As you've always said in the past, you for this journey, you need to be present. You need to be in the moment every as hard single as it moment. Is. You, need to be in the moment. you can't be thinking about your regrets, the no. you know, your hardships. You need to be with the adoption the process. Moment. Right. It's true. Sometimes there are legal risk situations where an adoptive family, you know, the birth father service may not have been completed. There may be a reason as to why it can't be wrapped up as as quickly as we would like it uh-huh. to. And there is a risk that the baby may have to be returned to the birth mother. In those situations, some families are very hesitant, which I understand, in taking the babies. But I always explain it the same way. You're never going to want to look back and realize the time that you missed. So if you go into it with a mindset of, we hope this works out for the best, but it may not. 
You're never going to look back and think, oh, I wish I would have at least had those two weeks or those three weeks. Whereas if you don't take the baby, you'll never be able to get that back. So I think that as adoption workers and working in the adoption field, you see a lot of the same things over and over again, but there's always something new. There's always something to learn. There's always something to share. There's always something that each and every client will bring that you will learn more from. You know, you you haven't seen it all. You haven't heard it all. And you won't ever because everything's changing and evolving. Yeah, there's always going to be a surprise around the there's corner. There's always a surprise. I've, and I'm never a believer in that. to yeah. be surprised by this industry. It's it's blown me away time after time after time. Me too. And in I can good say and that. bad ways. Right. Yeah. In good and bad ways. And that's why I say that it'll be the best job you've ever had and the worst job I've ever had. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.